Hey, Alexa, what crap did John Hicks say this week on the radio? I'm sure I don't want to hear it, but I'm interested to find out. Helping you solve the retirement puzzle. Welcome to The Retirement Solution with John Hicks. Here with John Hicks, I'm Jennifer Perry. We'd love to hear from you here on the Retirement Solution Podcast. You can always drop us an email with any questions for John at retirementsolutionradio.com. And I always think it's kind of fun to watch some of these drug commercials, John, and see all the possible side effects that you could get from these things. Tell your doctor right away if your depression worsens, you have unusual changes in behavior or thoughts of suicide. Side effects include nausea, dry mouth, and constipation. Or if you experience increased gambling, sexual, or other intense urges. Side effects may include dry mouth, insomnia, diarrhea, nausea, and sleepiness. May increase the chance of heart attack or stroke, which can lead to death. But when I was watching one of these commercials recently, John, I thought, wow, we should probably have the same kind of disclaimers on pretty much most investment vehicles out there today, too, shouldn't we? Well, well of course. I mean, and, and think about that for a couple minutes. It's like, listen, I kind of have like a little bit of an ache in the back of my hamstring. I need to take this drug for that because it's good for those aches in the back of the hamstring. And then you find out this could cause dizziness, unawareness, the inability to stand up, the inability <laughs> to sit down. It could cause you to have a loose stool. It could cause you to die. And you're like, oh, wow. Hold on. Wait a minute. Is that achy hamstring worth potential death? But it's feeling I mean, better already. I, it's like, yeah, oh, I'm like, feeling uh, better, right? It's like from Monty Python. <laughs> I'm feeling better. It's like just hearing those side effects sometimes makes me think, wow, maybe I'm not in that much pain. Right. But financial products often do the same things. And I've, I've heard this so many times and I've seen this happen so many times. So, Jennifer, one of the things that is talked about more than anything on the planet, there are entire institutions that cater to the hatred of some of these things like Ken Fisher. Oh, and yes. it, it, I love this. It's my, one of my favorite lines on the planet. I hate annuities and you should too. <laughs> he looks like Walter Matthau. If you remember from Grumpy yes, Old Men uh-huh. and he's standing in front of us and he has this, I hate annuities and you should too. And here's my point. I don't disagree. I don't necessarily think that annuities are good and bad, but here's what I hear all the time. Annuities are hawked nearly more than any investment product on the planet. And here's the reason why. Because they're sold as a safe alternative to the market. Right. And here's the thing. So when this typically happens, and by the way, if you own one of these things, it's not the end of the world. Ken Fisher is not going to haunt you in your (laughs) dreams. Well, he might just because you've seen the commercial so many times on the financial networks. Truly, he he does haunt my dreams from time to time. But but that's not the point. The idea is is that annuities in and of themselves, it's just a tool. Mm -hmm. It's no different than a mutual fund or a stock or an exchange-traded fund or a CD or anything else you would potentially own. But most people that own annuities, they're not aware of what type they are. Now, what Ken Fisher is typically truly against is variable annuities. Because when it comes to side effects, these things are loaded with them. Variable annuities are one of those things where it's really hard for me to see these as an appropriate fit for most investors. And and we're going to discuss the reasons why. So here's the thing. Someone says, well, I want to invest but I'm nervous about my income or about losing money, but I want the market style returns. I want to potentially go way, way, way up. And they're sold an annuity, a variable annuity. And here's what that typically means. What they're trying to treat is the problem of what happens if the market goes down 
and they weren't prepared for it. Okay, right. And the annuity is sold as the painkiller, the fix, the drug of choice for that particular advisor. Does that make it bad? Of course not. But here are the side effects to most variable annuities that are not really discussed most of the time. Number one, variable annuities almost among all investments we could ever make have the highest fees across the board. Like what have you seen over the years? Well, the lowest variable annuity fees I've ever seen are about 1.6% a year. Uh. Now that is high, but it's not horrifying. Uh-huh. That's the lowest. Okay. The average I see is between two and a half to three and a half percent per year. Ooh. Now see, when you think about that, if the market, let's say that, that you're invested in a variable annuity or this type of investment vehicle, and the market goes up 7%, but you have 3.5% in fees. You're like, I have 7% is pretty good. But after you take the fees out, Jennifer, we're only going to get about 3.5%. And that doesn't sound so great. That's not so attractive. Mm-hmm. And so we're only getting half of the gains of the market because of those fees. But some of the worst ones I've seen, and these, are not, these aren't as prevalent, but I have seen variable annuities that charge as much as 7% Ooh. a year. Ouch. Almost seven, not quite seven. 6.8 is what we calculated when it's we went through everything. It's going to be tough to ever make money on that. So long term, if the market averages 10%, if it did that, and I'm not saying it even can, right? but you subtract almost 6.8% in fees, you're going to end up with 3% on your money? Uh, you might as well stuff it in a CD then. Wow. Or under a mattress. Yeah, you're almost, that. Yeah, almost yeah. anywhere. And so the idea is, is that one of the biggest possible side effects of a variable annuity is high fees. Now, here's another big issue when it comes to a variable annuity. They're very hard to get your money out of often, Jennifer. Okay. That's, the, that's probably the bigger thing. And here, here's where I say that. Some people say, oh, well, my variable annuity, if the market tanks, I'm good. Sure. Mm-hmm. If you leave it in there forever. Okay. And that's the bigger trade-off. Mm. And this is very rarely spoken. So if you own a variable annuity, don't immediately get ticked off. Don't immediately think that your person did you wrong. But understand, you might want a second glance. You might okay. want someone else to look at that because right now the market's pretty close to all-time highs. If you own a variable annuity, chances are it's maybe as high or close to as high as it's ever going to be. And you want to understand from there, what do those protections do for you? Because often the way a variable annuity works, if the market goes down and you want to get your money out, you can't if you want to cash it in that day. Okay. You'll have to take that income. You'll have to take that as a form of income over the next 20, 30, or even 50 years over time. Oh, man. I know. That kind of stinks. So, so are there some better options, though, out there today, John? Sure. If you want to keep your money safe, the main thing you have to, have to understand is how much are you willing to risk? So a variable annuity, you still have risk because the market can go down and you can't get your money out. There are some actual annuities out there, and they're not all right for everyone, and I'm not an annuity shop in any way or form. There are some annuities that have zero fees because okay. that was one of the bigger mm-hmm. issues. But now on top of that, you can potentially pull every one of your dollars out even after one year. Oh, Some okay. of the better ones, you can get mm-hmm. every one of your dollars out after two years and they can never lose your money Wow! ever. So not that those are good or right, but those are better alternatives than what I typically see to the variable annuity quandary. Now, should anyone consider annuities? Not necessarily, but are they horrible? Not necessarily either. The whole question is, what do you want to accomplish with the money you've saved and what are your goals? If you understand that, you need to figure that out first and then, then you discuss products or strategies after that point in time. But the most people I talk about that own annuities, that was the very first thing that they were hooked into. Mm-hmm. And they caught just like a mackerel, just like Ken Fisher, right in the mouth, uh-huh. and he pulls you right out. That's the whole idea. There's no such thing as a dumb question. Well, maybe. 
Either way, drop us yours at retirementsolutionradio.com. We went over in depth earlier, John, annuities, specifically variable annuities. And buried within those variable annuities are actually mutual funds. And I wanted to talk with you about that because I think most of our portfolios, especially as young investors, we're hearing be diversified. So mutual funds are supposed to solve that for us. But what are some of the potential side effects with that? Sure. You know, I think a lot of us, you know, when we first start off investing or maybe we still own a lot of mutual funds, I think a lot of us did this because they're diversified. A lot of mutual funds have been around for years and years. I mean, there's some great fund companies out there that have done a fairly good job. Uh, but essentially, mutual funds in and of themselves, what they solve is our let's say it this way. Mutual funds stop us from having to try to figure out every stock on our own. Thank goodness. There we go. Yeah. See, right? And I think a lot of people are like, man, that's that's exactly what I want. I don't want to have to go out there and figure out, should I own Pepsi or should I own Coca-Cola? Should I own Uber or should I own Lyft? Should I own Papa John's or should I own Domino's? I don't know why we were only talking about food just then. But <laughs> for whatever, yeah, already. I think that's probably what it is. I'm hungry this morning. But the idea is, is that so many of us don't want to do that. And what mutual funds the symptom, what they actually solve is they make it easy. Mm-hmm. Mutual funds were kind of created like that Ron Popeil, Showtime rotisserie chicken oven. Put in chicken, hookah, hookah, hookah. Next thing you know, dinner for the whole family, right? And if you keep saving money, it's going to do its magic and you'll be fed for a lifetime. But here's the issue. When it comes down to things, and when you look at mutual funds, the two things that over the last, let's say, 10 years, Jennifer, that we've really discovered, mutual funds aren't bad at all. Right. And some of them out there are actually really exceptional. Mm-hmm. But the two things that why we don't use them a lot in our office is, number one, they're more expensive. Okay. So when you come down to it, and this is one thing I agree very much with Ken Fisher on, there are so many mutual funds out there that would do a good job, but they nickel and dime us to death. They are very expensive to own. So Ken Fisher hated variable annuities for good reason, because of high fees. He also says he hates mutual funds because also of high fees, and I agree with that. But here's one of the issues. When it comes to mutual funds, they offer layer upon layer upon layer of fees. We don't even know what that is. When mutual funds, Jennifer, produce when they say they're operating expense... And that's what, if you have your 401k, your IRA, and your guy shows you or your gal shows you the statement and it says, this is a prospectus. It shows you what the cost of this mutual fund is. And you look at it, you're like, oh, 0.5%. Okay. That sounds that's pretty good. That's reasonable. Yeah. I don't have an issue with that. That's not a For problem. For the easy option, sure. Yeah, why not do that? But what over the years we've discovered, and this is not by us, Forbes magazine ran an article on this years ago. And what they discovered was the average mutual fund, that fee is often just just a very small percentage of the total fee of owning that fund. As a matter of fact, back in the day, what they discovered was that fee was nearly 3% a year. Right, which is a far cry from that half a percent that we thought we were paying. And that's because if you think about it. So these mutual funds on top of of having operating expenses, they have to also have transaction costs. They have acquisition costs, marketing costs. They got to pay brokers, all these numbers of things. And often that fee that we thought we were paying was a very small percentage. And what the whole point of the side effect of having those mutual funds is we may not have any idea what we're actually earning on our portfolio. 
Yeah, it's hard to decipher that. I mean, I've looked within my own 401k and you're trying to decipher the numbers and thinking, okay, that doesn't seem real in terms of what my actual return looks like. So you're saying within that prospectus that none of us bothered to read, there are the layers and the layers of the fees hidden in there somewhere. Well, I think a lot of people say, uh, well, you know, it's not listed. I don't see that anywhere. Well, it's in there. Unfortunately, that's why they have the smallest print humanly printable. <laughs> At you a certain to, age, yeah. we cannot yeah, see you have that to, print. You have to have a magnifying glass in front of your reading glasses to even be able to read the print. And even then, it's written in legalese, mm-hmm. which is just a very common language on how we get screwed. You know, at the end of the day, <laughs> yes. let's, I mean, let's just kind of be real Call about that. Yeah. And so on top of the fees, the other real thing about mutual funds, and by the way, that doesn't mean they're terrible. It just means that we believe that there are substantially lower cost options to do not only the exact same thing, but often many better things. That's the whole point. On this show, what I want everyone to understand, there is no right or wrong strategy, but there are more expensive strategies, which we would never condone. There are also more risky strategies that we would never want people to participate in. So mutual funds in and of themselves are potentially fine. The thing of it is, is that can you do better? That's the whole point. Can you do better? Because the other thing about mutual funds is that you cannot sell that mutual fund when you choose. Jennifer, did you know that? Okay. So hmm. say this a is a day w- like a couple weeks ago when we yeah. had the market careen down 700 points. Ooh, yeah. You decide about two o'clock, okay, I've had enough. I can't watch this go down anymore. Then what? Yeah. So you, you get on the, you feverishly get on your Mac or your, your laptop or your, your desktop, any top you have, even <laughs> an iPad, an iPhone, an i, anything. You try your password 10 times. Yeah. yeah you can't and remember it it. and your yeah. fever's like, Oh my goodness, the market is careening. We've had tweets of dire problems. I need to get out of here. Oh, and you click that button and you feel good. Oh, thank goodness I sold that. But here's the problem. If it's a mutual fund, it didn't sell yet. Oh. <gasps> Oh, 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 the humanity. I know. So here's the way mutual funds work. What they do is your money is pooled with a whole bunch of other people. And you can't ever trade that fund when you choose. Hmm. At the end of the business day, after all of the horrible, rotten stuff that you were trying to get away from, it all compiles onto that. And then you get the final day price, Hmm. which often is miserable if everyone, just like you, ran to the exits. Now think about that. If you go to a sporting game, you can show up as early as you want. You can potentially just stroll right up to your your seat, get your popcorn and your foot-long hot dog and your large beverage, and you can potentially make it a very easy thing. But on the way out, Mm -hmm. if you want to leave, when everyone else leaves at the very end of that game, Man, you got to wait in line. You're being pushed, you know what a pain shoved. You're, you're, be, you're being shivved, potentially, if you're going to one of those crazy games that you know what I'm talking about. But if you're going to one of those things, you got to spend a lot of time in the exit. Right. Same thing with the mutual fund. You're going to spend a lot of time in that exit, and you could potentially lose thousands or tens of thousands of dollars just because you couldn't sell it when you wanted mm-hmm. to. Now, here's an alternative to that. One of the best things done in the last decade was the understanding there's a mutual fund style of investment called an ETF. ETF. What does that Exchange stand for? Exchange Traded Fund. Okay. Which means it's very similar to a mutual fund. It can be highly diversified, like the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ or utilities or technology. You can choose any of these things you want, but unlike a mutual fund, you have very low fees often, okay. super low fees. As a matter of fact, many of the ones that we tell people to consider are point zero zero two percent a year to own. Guys, that's almost free. I mean, it's almost free if you want to own something like the S&P 500. But more than that, you can decide when things get furry, 
when markets get overheated, when tweets are flying out like bats from a bat cave, you can decide that you're going to have an automatic sell signal. And as soon as that's triggered, it'll automatically get you out at any hour of the day during the trading hour you Hmm. choose. Okay. Hmm. So essentially, they get all the good parts of mutual funds, Mm -hmm. but they cost a fraction of the cost, and you can do what you want when you want with them. Who doesn't want that? Yeah. Why wouldn't you get rid of those nasty side effects? Exactly. So that's the whole point. We don't want the side effects of mutual funds. And then the last part of that, we're going to talk about 401ks for one second. Okay. Because all those bad things about mutual funds are probably in your 401k. Uh, that's because true. think about it. Your 401k primarily owns mutual funds. Well, we just went through that, except for one other thing, Jennifer. What's that? You got limited, even more limited choices. That's true. Yeah, I'm thinking about my own choices. There's not that many on the documents. So. That's exactly it. Yeah. And so when it comes to the side effects of a 401k, we just went through all the stuff with mutual funds that may not be great anyway. And on top of that, we have fewer options to select from. And here's a big one. When it comes to retirement, we may have a ticking tax bomb waiting for us hmm. because we have those mutual funds in a tax-deferred account. It may have been a lot better for us to have that in a tax-free account like a Roth right. or an Alerp or a Camel. Alerp, Alerp. Oh, I know. Did you say Alerp, these, yeah. Burp. And those are acronyms for another day. But the idea <laughs> is, is to have those in accounts that are potentially tax-free in the future. Because, guys, listen, I have no idea who's going to be the next president, who's going to be the next senator, who's going to be the next congressperson. But I do know that America is close to broke, and they're going to need more money from us. So if we can do one smart thing and get our money into tax-free buckets, even if they're in mutual funds or they're in ETFs, we want to try to do that when we can. Seeking out the retirement solution that works for you? Seek us out online at retirementsolutionradio.com. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if John Hicks is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through John Hicks, Kentucky Insurance License Number 998827.